Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. My name is Jenna Fox, and I'm a queer adoptee witch raised in fundamental Christianity and a mama to two rambunctious kiddos. Labels really help me tell a story about my way of being in the world. I'm influenced by my profession as a community college instructor and licensed mental health counselor, as well as my experience as a tarot reader and Reiki practitioner. If you're looking for declarative statements or black and white guidance, I'm probably not your gal. My approach to these conversations is less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I don't presume to have the answers, but I'm enjoying working out the process with you all. So let's get started. I'm really happy to have you here. Today on the podcast, I am so excited to share the conversation that I had with Natalie Legrand of Axis Mundi Tarot. And one of the wonderful things about this community is that if you are in the Pacific Northwest, specifically Portland, but you know, within driving distance or flying distance for that matter, um, Natalie is helping to organize a tarot meetup in Portland on April 20th, 2019. So, I am so sorry if you were listening to this well after the fact. Just know that there are some super cool things happening in cities around the country. Um, My good friend Jordan of Sincerely the Tarot has been doing um, tarot hangouts out in Bellingham, Washington. Now Portland's getting its its groove starting with some uh, tarot hangout on April 20th. Other places in the country are doing these amazing get-togethers. And, you know, if you lived in a city where you wanted to do a tarot meetup and there isn't one happening already and you wanted to spearhead that and wanted any support, you know, reach out because it's like so awesome to get together with other like-minded folk and explore tarot and, you know, touch other people's tarot decks that you maybe were unsure about pretty sure that's how I've ended up walking away with like a love for my pagan other worlds deck is just because I I saw it at a, at a tarot meetup and was like, oh, I need that deck. So this conversation is with Natalie of Axis Mundi Tarot. And we just talk about spiritual journey and tarot and spirituality and, you know, all of the, the really great things. Um, and so I just really hope that you enjoy this episode And reach out to her on Instagram or on her website, you know, to um, book tarot sessions. But also, if you want any more information about hanging out with cool tarot peeps in person in the Portland area. All right, let's get started on this episode. Okay, so I am really excited to talk with you, Natalie, of Access Mundi Tarot. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Um. I just, you know, I want to start with giving you sort of the space to kind of share, you know, who you are, maybe where you are in the world, and then like what you're up to or kind of catch us up to speed before we just go down all of the rabbit trails that I know that will go down. Okay. Well, hi, thank you so much for inviting me or or joining with me in this podcast. Um, Collaboration is so important with the work that we're all doing. Um, I am Natalie. I'm in Portland, Oregon, and it's the land of tarot readers, apparently. Portland and Philly, Philly <laughs> it seems to be. I, am, I still consider myself an, a, a burgeoning tarot reader. I haven't been reading for long, um, seriously about three years now, 
Um, of course, we all continue to learn eternally. So I came to tarot because I wanted to know more about its divination piece. Um, I had a strong meditative practice, have been a huge tarot or astrology nerd for my entire life. And it just seemed like the next natural step. I was working with some, some gals that were tarot readers. We kind of had a small coven um, about a year and a half ago. And they were reading, so I decided to learn. I found Beth Maiden from uh, Little Red Tarot. And oh my to, gosh, Beth yeah. Maiden was, was how I started. Too. I know, I think <laughs> she's the root for a lot of us. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, I took yeah. that little red tarot course yes. like, way yeah. before I, I did anything. And it was um it was just so wonderful. It is. It was just the right thing at the right time. It was the right amount of information. And so I I purchased my first deck, which was the Fountain Tarot. I also found that on her website and I was pretty picky. I looked at a lot of decks and that one just was it. It just jumped at me and I knew when I saw it, Fountain Tarot was gonna be my first. So yeah, I took her little course and just kept learning and practicing and collaborating. It was still something just for me. It was just kind of a hobby. Um, something that I did around the moon cycles. I never even considered it to be something that I could share with others or give. To others as an offering so then enters which this is probably similar for a lot of us as well Lindsay Mack came into our worlds came into my my sphere started following her podcasts and that's when everything got really really serious as far as learning what tarot meant for me what it meant for my life and how it could ultimately be an offering for other people so that brings me to here, brings me to now. I love that. Well, and what's, what's interesting for me is that you said um, that you were interested in tarot from a divination perspective, which I hear a lot of people coming at it from more like just like an, a self-exploration. And so I, like, I'm curious about that languaging, that you were looking at it from divination, sort of from the beginning. Yes. Yeah, so divination divine, divinity, the ways we connect with spirit, God, whatever you call it, higher self, inner knowing, the ways that we connect and commune and build relationship with have always been fascinating to me. Um, I think that I've mentioned with you in, in messaging, uh, I was raised Southern Baptist, I was raised Christian, Southern Christian, so religion was a huge part of my life, uh, but I never found the religion of my father to be right for me mm -hmm. because the God they were talking about, I couldn't find in that place. So I was searching in other ways around for a different connection, a better connection, maybe <laughs> stronger, more real. There we go. I found it. I found the words, a more real connection. So through what I consider divination, which is tarot, spell work, astrology, 
even meditation, some people might balk at that, but it's part of my divinatory practice, connecting with the divine. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was a gateway, a really good way to open a conversation. And that's the way I approached tarot from the start. And that's how it has been for me. That's what I found it to be. That's how I use it. And that's how I want to share it or teach it. I love that. And it sounds like, so um, have you, you've been reading for other people for three years or did this enter into your life three years ago? Tarot entered my life three years ago. Okay. Gotcha. I've only just recently started reading for other people. Yes. But, uh, but astrology has been something that's been there for, for a while. Yes. I've kind of been other people's ad hoc personal astrologer on the fly for many, many, many years, <laughs> mostly because I just love talking about it and people listen. <laughs> Some people do ask for actual input, but it's usually just overheard conversations and then it becomes interesting. <laughs> I love that. So, but how did you, how did you like come across that? Cause I like, I think astrology was the thing that I first was interested in and it was the, um, you know, like the horoscopes on like in the Sunday times that my parents would get that I would secretly read because also Christian, not allowed to read horoscopes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. They thought they were horror. Uh uh-huh. right? uh-huh. yes yes <laughs> oh lord so just a little segue i was raised southern baptist with a very you know devout faithful republican father but my mother was faithful aquarian so she loved anything that was a little off the beaten path and definitely not uh, right wing so I kind of got both sides. Mm-hmm. I got a dad that was very much like toe the line, follow you know the letter of the law. And mom's like, hey, that looks weird. Let's try that. So she encouraged any kind of learning that was of any sort, within reason, of course. Um, yeah, I read the horoscopes in the you know Village Voice or Willamette Week or you know Cosmo. Mm-hmm. And that was always, I never, I never wanted to learn about sex or money. I didn't care. Somewhere along the way, I, I believe it was just getting deeper into meditation and Hinduism and learning about those faiths that led me to the study of the planets and the stars, mm. literal stars, and how there is a connection with that to us as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm the way we move around our worlds are also connected to that. So just started digging and uncovering and reading books and terrible books, you know, probably, well, I shouldn't say terrible. I should probably say some uh, pedantic or, or, you know, know, mediocre books from the library that were more leaning to, you know, love and money, not the deep science of it, but, Mm -hmm. I just kept digging, kept digging. And when you do that, that vibration is so strong in you that you're going to draw people to you that want to learn about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like a honing beacon. It is. It is. We are so lucky right now to have some of the most brilliant astrologers working today that are able to share their work and on a very public scale. So 
I just love learning from them. And that's Channy Nicholas, of course. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Jessica Lanyato. Lanyato. I always say her name a little wrong. I mix it up. Uh, yeah. So I, I know learned a makes, lot from those gals. It makes me think about how technology is making astrology so accessible in, in a similar way that the the Gutenberg press made the Bible accessible, like in, you know, the, what was it? The 1600s or 1400s or whatever. I'm like, clearly yes. I his, was not a history major. But then I, <laughs> yeah, like being able to take it to the people instead of having um, the powers that had like studied this be in charge of it. It's like, yeah, we have Chani and, and Jessica and all of these amazing astrologers. And I can also put in my own birth chart information and try to do the transits and look at all of that stuff and I can do it for myself because I can read the language. Uh-huh. Right. That's the most beautiful thing is when it kind of starts clicking. Cause for many years I just accepted, I'm never really going to understand what a conjunct is or this or that. And then you just wake up one day and it makes sense and you understand it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are you, what are your big three signs? Sun, oh. <laughs> sun moon, rising. Tell me. Well, I'm Leo's son. Okay. All right. Aries moon, Ooh. Uh, Aquarius rising. Okay. So yes. some fire like me and a little, little air in there. I am two <laughs> fixed signs and fire and air. Yes, 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 for sure. <laughs> Love it. Love I'm it. very thankful that I have the balance of the Aquarian and the Leo because they are, um, well, they're polar opposites, as you know, on, uh-huh. on, the, on the, the natal wheel. So it's been interesting having those two duke it out in my psyche. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yep, yeah. Yep. I know for the longest time I just knew my sun sign and now it's like, it's so great. I feel like every time I go to my natal chart or, you know, like recently it's been like me with my kids or me with my husband and, and kind of like peeling back the different layers that are, you know, possible to kind of explore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the personal planets and that's mm-hmm. a whole other world, you know, and then you get into the outer planets and it's just, mm-hmm. it's never ending. I mean, you could study this and never reach the bottom. And for someone like you and I, I believe I could just speak for you that loves learning. Yeah. You'll never tire of it. And that's, I think that's something astrology just feels like an old friend that you can always come back to and sit down at the table, pour a cup of tea and just get into it wherever you left off. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, what I've been doing right now is kind of looking at how my chart changes between whole signs and Placidus Mm. and just trying to kind of sit with like, what's, what's kind of, you know, I know most people just pick one (laughs) and I'm like, Mm -hmm. what's, what's resonating with me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I gotta gotta see this. That's really, really cool. And it's challenging because it's enough of a shift where you're like, Mm -hmm. whoa, 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 that's a, what? what, but that's there now? Like, uh, yeah. So it's a whole camp. We could probably divide the country down and, and then. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you taken your natal wheel and laid your cards out upon it? Because you know, I, each card correlates to astrology. Yeah, I have not. Um, but I have done a little bit s- similar well I've looked at my north node and my south node in that way um and I have a sense of like my my you know sun moon and rising as far as the um 
tarot cards that are associated with that, but I haven't done the full meal deal, as we say. Mm-hmm. I'm a little nervous because I have so much in Sagittarius that <laughs> I'm, I'm like maybe not really wanting to see all the temperance and, and the Capricorn. So like the devil and temperance are showing up in my chart a lot. I love that. Oh, <laughs> I'll have to talk offline because there's okay. a lot there. Oh, these are two of the best cards. Well, I, I I'm a huge fan of Capricorn and a pretty big fan of Sagittarius. I have a lot of them in my life, but yeah, I just, I laid mine out just for fun, just as a big circle on the floor and threw the cards down. And it, it does change the way you look at it. And I know we're supposed to be talking about tarot, so we're segueing back into it. Totally. It I know recently it. with a friend, um, I looked at her and her um, partner and we laughed. It was, it was, um, it was really helpful just to see two cards her and her partner and then side by side it was like oh 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 here's here's some things you know and then add we then we added like some of the different layers and it was like oh yeah this is this is it was really a great visual yeah it helps so much it just it brings some things home for you especially if you know more about tarot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it just brings it's a whole new conversation Yeah, well, it feels like I think sometimes when I see tarot cards, it's helpful for me because it's um, visual. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like the natal wheel is is visual as well, but it's a little bit more removed than the imagery on the particular majors or minors or whatever, where I can't enter into the story quite as much as seeing the actual death card or the card, you know? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Gotcha. So do you have like a, a personal tarot practice that you engage in like regularly or are you kind of more go with the flow kind of person? I do. I do. I'm definitely at least a card of the day kind of person. Okay. Um, I typically do um, meditation morning and night and I'll, I'll fold in my, my card pulls in the morning. I like to pull in the morning just to, I'm a morning person. <laughs> I like to pull in the morning and say, what's, what's next? So sometimes it is just, what does my heart need to hear? What, what, mm-hmm. am I, what do I need to pay attention to? Or I'll just pull after meditation. And, and then when, of course, you, when you ahead. say meditation, do you want to give us like a visual of like what that, what that is like? Because I know that meditation can be like a pretty big umbrella of That's how true. people are engaging. It's pretty, it's pretty standard. Um, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know if it would be considered Buddhist style or I have an, I have a meditation room that I'm in now. Um, and I sit in front of an altar, light a candle. I have a cushion. It's a specially made round cushion. I sit and breathe and it's either guided or I'll just do a timed and just center ground down and breathe into my body to calm the mind, listen in. It's the dropping in. Mm-hmm. It's a formalized dropping in. Mm-hmm. But it was the first thing that I came to. Um, I, I couldn't do Reiki tarot or even sit through astrology courses without meditation and grounding mm-hmm. and checking in. I couldn't. Um, it keeps me centered. And it keeps me listening, which is the best thing. It's the silence that listens. 
Gosh, that is such a, that's such a beautiful way to, to, to phrase it. That is Tara Brock. I will not take credit for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want to meditate, start with her. T-A-R-A-V-R-A-C-H. Tara Brock. She is I think she star. has a, a podcast. <laughs> yes. I think yes. it's, it gets uh, mentioned or like suggested for me and I'm like podcast saturated. I'm like, yes. okay, I got to put that in my like back pocket of things to explore. She does. She has podcasts. Some of them are just meditations guided meditations mm. she's also on the insight timer app which is great but she'll just do the meditation piece but that's i love that phrase that really just encapsulates if people are, why do you meditate it's the silence that's listening mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. the silence that's listening to you mm -hmm. do you want to connect with that i think you do yeah that's what i want to connect to i want to connect to that silence yeah, my son, my son and I, he's, he's seven. He just turned seven and we, we use the stop, breathe, think app. Um, and we have done it now over a hundred hours of meditation, um, which is just really great for me to experience with it. Like it helps me to remember to do meditation because it's part of our bedtime routine, which I, I wish that I had more of like a morning, a morning routine. Um, but there's something about sitting and breathing with him and kind of helping him learn that skill. But really it's teaching me to calm down and not just be scrolling endlessly on Pinterest uh, right? <laughs> or Instagram at night. You know, it's like, let's, let's kind of enter into that in between space. Yes. You know, before, for, before bed. Yes. You got it. That's exactly it. That, and that's so you do it twice off. a day. I try to. Yes, yeah. definitely mornings. Sometimes nighttime is just, it might be a body scan. It could be a Reiki, se a, a Reiki session on myself. Mm -hmm. Some way of, like you said, just moving into the liminal space, mm -hmm. <laughs> bringing everything down to the <laughs> quiet place. Uh, but yes, yes. I love that. So how did you go from tarot and, the, you know, like, tarot being like a, a personal practice and thing where you are really connecting with divinity and source um, to deciding, oh, this is something that I want to do and offer to the like larger world. Thank you. Good question. So around spring, early spring of last year, I uh, was, was practicing tarot, um, had a daily pull, had daily practice. And finally started uh, taking Reiki courses seriously and got attuned as well for that and realized that they were, for me, sort of a storytelling tool combined. Because I knew that I wanted to become Reiki attuned to offer that, to, to practice Reiki on myself and on other people. And Reiki is such a hard thing because it's so powerful, but it's so obtuse. It's so hard to, to pin down. Uh -huh. It's like, if you uh -huh. know, you know, you, if you, when you see people are Reiki masters, you just know, you're like, okay, energy work is so important, but it's so hard to capture in a marketing way. Uh -huh. Not that I was trying to market it. It was just how can I explain that this is something that someone would want? <laughs> you know, like how can I make this offering 
something that somebody would want or need. Um, well, yeah, and I feel like with, because I'm, I'm also Reiki attuned, and I yes. think about, like, it's like the people who already know about Reiki that know to know about Reiki, and it's like, how do you explain it to people who don't know what Reiki is right. um, in a way that makes them feel like it's not just a weird snake oil salesman. Yes. <laughs> Whereas like tarot, yeah. it's like there's like a product. Right. It's like mm-hmm. a massage without the massage. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's so good. I I had an analogy of Reiki. It was like, okay, so there's the cup and then there's the coffee and then there's the spoon. So Reiki is the coffee and you're the cup and I'm the spoon? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. during the coffee <laughs> and I, I shared that with a person that was like I have no idea what energy work is and they were like oh okay but it's like it's consensual it's by permission it's I'm not I'm just a vessel <laughs> so am I the cup I don't know it was it was a whole thing anyway uh so I wanted to do I was uh, just the passion for both and the passion for energy work and how how life-changing it can be and how healing it can be. I wanted to combine the two. And did you have an experience where it was life-changing or powerful for you to even know that the Reiki was the path you wanted to go down? Yes. And it was a long time ago and it took me forever to come back to it. I'm a late bloomer, I guess, or a slow bloomer. Yes. I had a Reiki session in 2010, right after I lost my, my father and it was wonderful it was very healing there a lot of insight came i had a lot of visions the person that was working with me shared those visions what happened next is what really sealed it for me so i had a a pet a dog a very beloved animal that had an injury a really bad spinal injury that would come and go with uh, debilitating pain Mm -hmm. so the reiki practitioner is you know, she's finished with me. We're just kind of hanging out. She's talking and my dog comes over to her and she starts petting him. She's like, has he ever had any Reiki or energy work done? I was like, no, but he has this terrible injury. And she just starts, she puts her hand on the place of the injury. And this dog just went limp, complete ragdoll and started snoring. Oh, sweet baby. This is a Boston Terrier. I don't know if you know those dogs. I do. High I do. energy. High <laughs> yeah. And he was like five years old at the time, like young. To see him become so relaxed. And he uh-huh. did not have a flare up of that injury for probably 11 years after that. Wow. That is amazing. I was floored. And yeah. A complete believer. I mean, of course, animals receive Reiki great to a greater extent because there's no, you know, disbelief in their mm-hmm. spirit. You know, they just are open vessels. But that's when I just knew this is important work. And I began to study it and learn about it. I read about it for years before I decided to become attuned and have continued to receive healing on my own and how it changes me. And it, it's just... I don't know. It's just, it's something that's just, it just gets into your marrow and it just changes the way you're wired if you want it to. Yeah. That kind of sounds, that kind of sounds scary. I went to an extreme. (laughs) 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 So 
so nobody who gets Reiki is going to end up like having to become a Reiki master or going down that route. It can just be healing and beautiful. But yes, no, I, um, last, last year I was helping, um, a woman who went to our church who write a book, like she was dying of cancer and we were, I was just writing, I was taking dictation from the story that she wanted to have written. And like about seven weeks into it, she, um, she was just in a lot of pain. I mean, she's like really near the end and on hospice and, and she just was like not doing well. And I said, can I just put my hands on you? Like she was Cuban American. And so, uh, you know, there was a language, I didn't explain what Reiki was, but I was just, can I just put my hands on you? And she just went limp, you know? And, mm -hmm. and she just said, like, she said, that is the most like, what did you do? Because that was the most powerful, like I have not been, and she went days without being in pain, um, before, you know, it came back and she had to, you know, re-up the medic medication. Wow. And, and she just said, can we scrap the story? Can you just come and do Reiki on me? And I was like, absolutely, absolutely. She just was so at peace that it just, I mean, I've had it myself personally, but just to see the ability for it to be, you know, received in that way is just so beautiful. That's so wonderful. Yeah. I love those stories because that's what it is. You know, I was, um, I just realized along my journey that when I touched people, whether it was massage or friendly or comforting, that I would hear messages or get imagery. Mm -hmm. I guess some people call that clear touch, clairvoyance, clear touch, and wanted to explore it more. And of course, Reiki doesn't always have to be by touch, even just you can be in the energy field around it. But I felt like I had kind of a duty to pursue it if that was something that was given to me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like tarot and Reiki can be a story. Like I said before, say what I want to give, what I want to offer is we'll do a reading and then that can be factored into your Reiki session. Yeah. If you come for a Reiki session for a specific thing, we could even do a, a, take a tarot pull around that thing. Uh-huh. Or if you don't know, we could just see what's going on and then explore what the tarot says. Because the tarot is going to tell us where to go. As well right. as it's all right. the same energy. And I just think it could be a really beautiful narrative for someone where they do get the energy work and their own kind of storyboard as well and something to take away tangible to work with in mm -hmm. addition to the energy that's been moved yeah that I've is, been, that's I've my been, dream <laughs> yeah I have one person that I'm doing that with where um every couple of months we do like a Reiki but tarot pull first yes and then a Reiki session and um even if they don't necessarily seem directly related they are you know like even if we're not like focus on this particular card but there's that and and the ability to have like a picture or see the cards and just, it can, it can be a helpful visualization tool. I think it is, it is because you already know through the cards and through Reiki where things are going on. It helps them get on board too. Mm -hmm. So that now you're aligned in the work that you're trying to do together. They're on the same page as you are. Yeah. Especially sometimes when there's, there's so many messages or, 
for me as somebody that lives with anxiety is like there's so many different th- thoughts swirling in my head that it's like let me just pick like six to look at with this tarot <laughs> reading you know it's yeah. like I don't need to look at 106 that are yes. just, just passing through it's like let's just sit with a couple one mm-hmm. five you know yeah how do you find people that want to have a Reiki session how have you found that that's come to you Yeah. So those are people that are, I've already been connected with in some way. And it seems like they're actually people that know my husband. Mm -hmm. He somehow manages to hold space for people. Um, He was, he was trained um, as a pastor. So um, he has like a master's of divinity. And so he's like able to see, he worked as a chaplain for a year. Um, Friends of his, like he's much more extroverted than me. And so he, he finds himself in these conversations with people who are, you know, just sharing something with him. It's kind of that classic, like whoops, you're at a, at a cocktail party and you tell somebody that you're a counselor or a pastor. And then suddenly they're like telling your, your life story. Uh (laughs) And so then he's like, well, Hey, my wife reads tarot or does Reiki. And that's really been, um, because I was Reiki level one and two attuned in 2010. And only really now have I started to kind of explore. I bought a table and business cards. And my husband, nice. he's like, that's not a, a business plan. <laughs> so, so really it's been, you know, nine years ago that now I'm like kind of starting to see how can it evolve more. And just like you said, tarot is like such somewhere tangible. And I feel like people either they get it, they may not like it, but they understand what tarot is. And Reiki is a a little bit more challenging. So, so far it's been people that I've already kind of had like a loose connection with. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's a beautiful way to connect and find people that want to work with you in that way. Yeah. Good for him. I know, right? He's my little, my little secret squirrel marketer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, babe, oh, I didn't know that you were like talking me up like this. I, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah, but I don't know if it's like, is, is tarot, Reiki, astrology, something that you do full time or want it to be your main source of, you know, income? I mean, ideally, yes. Mm -hmm. Not yet. Yeah. Um, just because there's so many other things I want to do as well with my time. I'd hate to say that I don't know that it could be uh, with within the scope that I'm in now. Um, of course, you dream of it being that way. It's definitely the plan right now is to have it to be part time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And if if we keep going the way we're going and we open doors and it becomes full time. So be it. If that's where it wants to go. Right. I'm just in, I'm just open to the path and open to where, where it wants to lead and just kind of follow it as well as, I mean, it's not so passive sounding. I'm definitely driving and, and directing and right. Chasing dreams and visions, but it also is a gift. I take it as a gift given to me that I have to honor and respect as to where it wants to go. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it wants to serve others. Mm-hmm. And that will, that will navigate its own path. Right, right. Yes, yes. 
Um, you had mentioned that the Fountain Terra was the deck that just like you fell in love with. It was mm. like your deck. Is the Fountain Terra still your deck, or do you have some, you know, side chick decks? Oh God, so <laughs> many, so many. I know I'm a dextrovert. <sighs> I've had to stop. I've stopped buying. I think I was talking to Jordan from Sincerely the Tarot about mm-hmm. this. Stop buying. <laughs> but also, people buy for me, and I'm like, stop buying for me. Okay, so my decks have first, my, my decks, let's make sure to say that word right. My decks have personalities. <laughs> I might, I have a southern accent. So it's fine. It might, it's come, fine. Out the other way. It might come out the other word. Um, Fountain is my soul deck. It's my, it's my home. It's my home plate. Mm. Um, it's not always the deck I go to. There are times when I know, yes, you better come to me. And there are times when it's like, I'm not doing that work. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And then I picked up the deck I call the Pamela. It's the writer of Smith Waite, the Pamela Coleman Smith one. Ugh, I love uh, that. And can we just like make that go viral? Because yeah. come on now. It's the Pamela. It's it is the Pamela. Deck. It's the, and, and it's, I would say it's my... So in the, in the restaurant world, they have what's called a dog and a workhorse. The workhorse is your, your course, your, your, your item on the menu that just always stays there. It always sells. Everyone loves it. You never get rid of it. It is my working deck. It does not stay in a box. It does not stay in a pouch. It's just mm-hmm. always out moving around. It's mm-hmm. always in some room under some stone because it's continually... So I'd say it's my day-to-day, my daily deck is my Pamela. Right. Then we have everyone's favorite, Dark Days Tarot. Mm. If you want some shit spilled. Can I say shit on this? You sure can. If you want some tea spilled on yourself, you want to get down to the thing, that's the deck I go to. That deck reads me for filth. I told this, I I mentioned this to someone, it scrapes the marrow out of my bones. Mm. And sometimes I just want the imagery. Sometimes I just want to yeah. see it because I want to have like queer feminine power behind my pole. Um, so yeah, that, those are my three main go-tos. Um, I love, love, love Wild Unknown, but it's missing a card. And t- you, you tell me, do you struggle working with a deck when it's missing a card? Like it's on hiatus right now until I find the damn card. The card is in this house somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) You know what's so funny about that is I had the, for, for the, for Lindsay's class, I had the little tin of the, um, the Pamela. Uh Um, and I had been doing a podcast episode and I took out death and the fives just to like, and the devil. Cause I was like talking about them and something got lost and so for the longest time, I was like, this is my favorite deck. <laughs> yes. Because it had none of it. I mean, it had the tower still sneaky in there. Um, but all of the cards have come back to me now um, over the period of time. And I mean, I, I scoured the house. And we just, I was in a car accident recently, you know, because we had to reschedule this podcast like a thousand times. Yes. And I found the five of swords, like the, the guy who was like doing the detailing had like put it in the, in the dashboard, you know, and I was just like, "Uh, okay, well, there we go. (laughs) There we go. Yep. Yep. So they all came back. Um, but yeah, I struggle. I don't think I would struggle so much for my own self. 
Um, but definitely for doing readings with other people. Like yeah. I bought another um, Ryder Smith weight uh, borderless so that I could do um, readings with that. And then now I'm like, oh, cool. Now I have two of the same deck because all my cards came back. I should have just trusted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of letting it be. It'll show up. Cause I, I think when we first started the course, Lindsay's course, my magician had gone missing and uh, it came back. And where I found it, I do not remember ever putting it there. So. Uh huh. Uh huh. I think there's little like little energy balls that are just taking them around. The one though was uh, the numinous tarot, which is um, and the shadow, which is the devil card, went missing. And I reached out to Noel online and was like, "I'm missing a shadow. I don't know if I'm gonna find it." And they replaced it for me, which was, it was so rad because I was like, I'm, I can't afford another $72 like uh, deck for one card. Right? So no. it was really, really, really sweet for them to can't replace do it. it. Yeah. Um, is there a deck that you have that you just cannot work with? Have you ever been given a deck or bought a deck and you tried and tried and it just, there's something repellent about it? Uh-huh. Uh, Revelation Tarot. Um, and it was somebody gifted it to me actually in the course because there was like a tarot swap and I loved the imagery online and I got it and I was like, eh, this is just not working for me, but I've passed it along to somebody else who I think will uh, really benefit from that. And that's actually one of the things like I've been collecting decks and now I'm in a phase where I'm giving them away to friends, um, which has really been sweet to see now some of my friends taking on tarot in a different way um, with decks that I had handled first but just didn't feel like they were mine anymore that's cool yeah Yeah. I like that oh we've been talking about so much stuff I love it um what else did I tell you well one of the things I ask everyone is about creative intuition Mm. and where it shows up in your life and um, you know, maybe where it's showing up now, or even how do you define creative intuition? Well, you, you define for me creative. I think creative is the act of like being in touch with source or divination. Wait a second. You define creative. You tricky. No, yeah. So I think it's like somebody who like creates or births something that doesn't exist anymore, you know? Yes, yes. But I'd be curious how you define creative. Yes, yes. How to capture the wind. Um, It is such intuition for me is it's a relationship with before I began practices that would cultivate intuition and it's not like I'm just working it like a piece of play it's just getting connected more to it it was always that kind of knowing just kind mm-hmm. of a knowingness um, that was mostly ignored um, nowadays in the last two decades you just get more serious about it and you realize that it's an integral part of who you are and how you move about the world so now it just feels like it's just this ongoing dialogue with multiple parts of myself, not personalities, multiple parts of my soul, multiple parts of the earth that I navigate my existence 
where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing, and how I am to be regarding those that come into my world. Mm. That's so beautiful. That was kind of esoteric. Let me try to break it down a little bit. It's, it's just this constant checking in with my heart mm-hmm. and checking my heart against my brain chemistry. Again, that's, that's the term that Lindsay Mack gave us, and I really love it because it is a softer way of saying, you know, psychosis or anxiety or depression. Checking, yeah. checking the, the, the truth of my spirit against my ego, basically. Mm-hmm. I Being love that. That, con- that. No, that conversation piece. Yes, it yeah. is. It is because intuition is, it's not going to bully anybody. It's not going to push its way around. It's not going to elbow through and say, I'm taking over. It's just observing, mm-hmm. listening guiding and it's the it's the constant hum that makes you feel connected to everything it's not the constant hum that makes you want to gouge out your ears like anxiety Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and it's that silence that's listening to you yeah thank you yes and when you can tune back into its silent listening it is the most comforting grounding fulfilling experience. What is creative out of that is staying close to that. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with my, my best friend recently about believing in myself or trusting. It was, no, it was trusting myself. And a lot of that creativity, what, what is created between that relationship is the trusting of yourself. Because for us, you and me and all of our collective and all of our friends that we've met to go into this world and say I have something to offer you that you may not know that you need or want but it will change your life and of course we don't present it in that way but to be bold enough to say I have this pack of 72 cars that looks like nothing but it's gonna heal you that you have to trust yourself mm-hmm. and intuition intuition is the birthplace of that creativity. In, in all the ways, you know, a lot of people say, oh, the saturated market, there's too many tarot readers, oh, there's just too many of us. But I believe that for me, it's one-to-one. If every person on the planet could have their own personal tarot reader slash Reiki slash astrologer, <laughs> we'd be in a lot better place. 100% totally agree with that. So, and, if, and, and if everybody yeah. could do it for yes. themselves yes. and for other people. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So let's keep teaching. Let's my, keep dream. my dream. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, saturate that. Let's flood it. That's like saying there's too many people taking swimming lessons. Like mm-hmm. we can only have a few people who know how to swim. What? Right. Right. What? Right. No. Right. This is essential. That's, that's the fear of failure and the fear of FOMO, which we'll do a whole other podcast on that. Yes. I love but, it. <laughs> but that's the thing is, you were brought to this offering. You were brought to tarot. Let's just stick with you. You were brought to tarot for a reason. It came to you. You came to it. Now you have a relationship. Whether you know it or not, it is trying to work through you and come out. And there's a responsibility there. And that whatever you have, whatever interpretation, whatever 
mode of channeling or giving or offering is yours and it's still unique because there are people that want to hear what you have to say need to hear what you have to say that couldn't hear it in any other way that's the creative intuition mm. and it comes down to finding it trusting yourself just going for it mm. natalie you this has been so great to talk with you tonight i just feel like I am like replaying the conversation in my mind and I'm like, Oh, that's a gem. That's a gem. That's a gem. Like, I can't wait, you know, like scribbling down, like, Oh, we said this, we talked about this. Um, but before we go, I'm just curious, um, where people can find you, how do they connect? Like what's kind of the next steps for you as you're going forward? Thank you. Um, I have a darling little baby bird of a website called Axis. Mundi Tarot. It's on Weebly right now. I'm still developing content. Uh, right now you can kind of scroll around. You can read about me. You can read about some other things. You can see a really kick-ass strength card with Grace Jones on it. It's my favorite version of strength card ever made. Um, but then eventually, by the time this airs, you can edit all that out. Uh, um, I will have ways to sign up to, to book readings, to, to book face-to-face, -face, distance, whatever you want to do. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Before I, before I send you off into, you know, the great wild unknown of the rest of your, you know, night, <laughs> uh, is there anything that we didn't cover or talk about where you're just like, I got to say it before we end? Huh. I mean, you got two more hours? Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Next time, um, we can do a follow-up. I feel like this is a good introduction. I was going to say I love the conversation. I love finally talking to you, and I feel like we've had a great introduction, you know, into our relationship. I know. <laughs> it's, like, it's like step one. We get, to, yes. we get to see where this takes us, you know? Yes. I or so enjoy your podcast. It's really beautifully done. Thank you for the offering. Podcasts are hard. They're, it's a really brave thing you know, and I like Aww, it. It stands out. That's really sweet. Yeah. Hey friends. Thanks for listening to Leah Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January, 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting but much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.